reflecting and realizing that I had closed a door on myself and not put in the effort to get the outcome that I wanted like it really changed my perspective of things and like obviously quite young so I was only you know 18 but I just completely like flipped the switch in my brain and ever since then I've like just kind of approached life in a really different way. Making sure that they actually are aligned to the mission, like getting the right people on and um, people that you gel with and connect with. Purposely Podcast, speaking with social entrepreneurs and charity founders and leaders, people who are making the world a better place. Here's your host, Mark Longbottom. Everyone, welcome to episode 59 of Purposely Podcast with Stephen Sinsley. He's the founder and CEO of Health Now. It's a startup fintech company. Stephen's got a wonderful story. He's young, he's incredibly driven, um, and he's going to create a company focused on purpose and profit. In the episode, it talks about ACC for international guests. You won't know what that means necessarily, but it's a government compensation scheme focused on people who have accidents. Anyway, enjoy the episode. And don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you get an opportunity, leave a review. Enjoy. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, Mark. Nice to be here, man. Really, really excited. What was your motivation? What Healthcare has been something that I've been passionate about for a really, really long time. Uh, and then when I first, because by trade, I was, I was a podiatrist. I went into an accessible healthcare company, PhysioConnect, and myself and my business partner, um, through that business operating in the free and the ACC space, uh, saw the need of how many people re- like were not accessing healthcare because of the cost barrier. And then we just, well, I just came to the conclusion that it'd be a bit, it'd be easier for consumers to be able to access healthcare, healthcare in the private sector if we gave them a um, more effective payment facilitator. So. Like our business obviously was going to be accessible being free under ACC, but healthcare was still inaccessible. There still were barriers to accessing healthcare and other businesses because of the upfront costs associated with treatment. And that's kind of what led to the formation or the idea behind Health Now. About purpose, but also profit. Yeah, definitely. So um, we've definitely got a strong, strong social conscience. We want to make sure that we're doing things that are right for the end user, right for our merchants, providing opportunities and smoothing out that journey. And the business side of things to me, um, business is important and profitability is important to make sure that we can continue to offer our services and can can continue to grow our services to provide more opportunity. Uh, If we're profitable, we're self-sustaining. Give us an example of someone's, you know, stayed away from some crucial treatment um and if they'd had the funds or this sort of facility then it could be very different oh totally man so like even within our rehabilitative uh organization or i can talk from my own personal experience you know i didn't grow up in a super wealthy family my parents had um kids when they were super young well not super young they were in their early 20s uh and i can remember like even myself going to the doctor and my mum had an account with the doctor that she would the doctor would let us see um, them without paying for the treatment up front. And then my mum would like pay back the doctor over time. And like, even in that, like at that point of time, like I could see the, like my parents having to budget and try and work out where we could facilitate healthcare. Uh, if I'm talking more from my experience now as um, like having worked in the rehabilitative space, 
Like there's countless patients that come to our legacy business that would otherwise not be able to access care. A specific uh, one that stands out to me, one of my friends who's a surgeon had a patient who he completed an ACL on uh, this patient's from West Auckland. ACL is an injury that requires quite a long-term period of rehabilitative treatment just to make sure that they get back to their pre-injury health or as close to practically attainable as possible. And this person uh, had checked out of treatment with another provider that had a co-payment or surcharge quite early in her treatment. And that like genuinely has the, the potential to cause long-term or longer than necessary um, issues for that end user of healthcare. So, like I definitely think that by providing a, a solution for these users to be able to access the care they require when they require it, rather than delaying or neglecting healthcare, it's obviously gonna have a massive benefit towards not only their short-term health, but their long-term health, their ability to participate in their personal lives with their friends, with their family, um, their mental state, making sure that they feel positive about their, about their condition and moving forward. The idea's definitely been floating around for a fair while now. Um, like a matter of years, uh, if I looked back at when we first started to like formulate of how it was gonna be structured and what we wanted to achieve, uh, we had seen the success in the retail space of the likes of Afterpay and then the formulation of Layby and how the end user was um, adapting that payment process within the retail space. And then it was about 14 months ago, um, yeah, about 14 months ago, First COVID lockdown, where I really got a bit of time to be able to um, give to this mission and and really isolate what I wanted to achieve. And then we went down the line of, um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking to like advisors, a um, few guys like at PwC helped us out to try and like iron out our business model, what we were, like how we needed to achieve what we were going to achieve. Then we went through like the phases of trying to raise capital, and then we raised our uh, first, uh, we concluded our first cap raise about nine weeks ago now, and we've got a fully fledged web app that's usable. Our consumers can touch it, feel it, download it. We've got merchants that are onboarded and we'll be starting to transact uh, early next week by the looks of things. What was the pain point that you saw? I guess like going into the startup world, you just have to kind of enter with your eyes open and realize that it's going to be super, super challenging. And the challenges come from all different directions. Like it's been like, you have to constantly like knock on doors repetitively until someone gives you an opening, um, trying to get people to understand and see your vision when sometimes like maybe the product doesn't align with their traditional understanding of how something used to work. Um, that's been quite challenging other pain points i'm not technical by uh trade so that's definitely been another pain point for me like overcoming the technical technological barrier and understanding like how different people work within uh what tech tech uh, devs how devs work within our team and how they kind of um, run their their operational processes and making sure that everyone's kind of like doing what they need to do to to facilitate the end outcome that we're aiming towards has been um, an interesting new challenge for me yeah and does that include the hours they work well my, i'm super like honestly man i'm really really lucky because i've got like like i reckon i think every leader probably says this but like i reckon i've probably got one of the most dedicated teams as we were discussing before we jumped on uh the recording like my team puts in 
like a ridiculous sum of hours to to try and facilitate what we're trying to do. Um, often we're starting before seven as a like as a collective group, and we're leaving the office fairly late. So, like I definitely, um, yeah, the team's been really really awesome to make sure that we can achieve what we need to do, and just make sure that we can win for our end users and our merchants that are, are joining us. So the the early evangelists or the early adopters that we've got on board. Um, they haven't been too difficult to onboard and they've been really supportive of what we're trying to achieve for our end users. Uh, so to date, it's been, it's definitely been okay. Uh, when we start looking at mass market adoption and automation of our sales pipeline and making it a bit easier for, uh, I guess, merchants from all different elements within the healthcare space to onboard, like I'm not sure what those challenges are, are going to look like in the future. But at the moment, it's definitely been a really, really enjoyable experience to go and meet with merchants. Uh, provide them a little bit of an understanding of what we're trying to achieve and then seeing uh, them jump on board and understand our like uh, see what we're trying to do and want to be part of that for their end user because I think like even you think about it from a merchant perspective like they now have a payment facilitation process which means they can see more customers more than they used to be able to see because of the percentage of the end users that are delaying or neglecting healthcare so we open up that that doorway for those users to come in and then their guaranteed payment at the time of the transaction so they don't have to manage doubtful debts anymore which is as an ongoing concern for healthcare merchants what's your vision for health now We're, like are you thinking um scale globally start with new zealand or the direction i want to take this is to really target our um gpa and pharmacy space within new zealand initially just to try and make sure that 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 primary healthcare uh, space is looked after for our end users and then try and distribute across the allied space. And then I definitely want to, well, actually even now we're already looking at our, our relationships that we're building in Australia and we've got relationships that are starting to formulate in America because the, the healthcare, the issue of accessible health is so much bigger than just what we see in New Zealand, you know, like, like we've got a tough healthcare market, but you look at the likes of America and it's just, a, it's a completely different scale. And to be able to like have an impact that's uh, not only local, but like a significant impact, not only local, but global, I think it's like quite important uh, within my team. And, and like we've obviously got investors who have an aligned, um, like they have mutual expectations of us to be able to go on like to chase that end goal. And changing tact a little bit. So... You, do, you went to a college in the North Shore of Auckland, Birkenhead, yeah. um, and you've, I've seen you describe yourself as not the best student. When did, when did Stephen get really motivated and, and start really striving for, um, you know, becoming an entrepreneur? I'm definitely impressed with your DD here, Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, so for me, like truthfully, man, like when I was really young, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, for as long as I can remember, actually, I've wanted to, wanted to work in healthcare and do something um, where I was able to help people and have a bit of fun with it. And um, yeah, so like wanted to be a doctor, went through my high school experience, uh, found rugby and friends more important than education at that point in time, but I was quite lucky to have a fairly effective memory. And then, so I went through school and to be frank, I, I probably didn't try too hard because like I didn't need to try too hard to get through or scrape through. Uh, then when I wanted to go and apply for medicine, obviously I didn't make the cut. And that experience of uh, reflecting and realizing that I had closed a door on myself and not put in the effort to get the outcome that I wanted 
like it really changed my perspective of things and like obviously quite young so I was only you know 18 but I just completely like flipped a switch in my brain and ever since then I've like just kind of approached life in a really different way uh, through my university experience you know I went from being the kid that sat at middle or back of the class to try and avoid the teachers direct line of contact so I could chat to my friends to then sitting in the front row of every single lecture and only missing one lecture in my second year of university that my lecturer at that point of time will never never let me forget my second year pathology lecture on the 24th of September um, yeah so that's kind of that was the moment for me where I switched and then just going through my professional career I just saw like joining with Physio Connect like was a really crucial uh, moment for my like understanding of how um, how impactful you can be with decisions within the business sector, seeing a business that was so socially focused with its friend ACC model and the impact it had. And like, I just had a lot of passion for business, for that, that concept of business of like being impactful and making sure it was still profitable so you could grow and increase opportunities. And then, um, yeah, just wanted to build out from there. So you did podiatry was um, at university. By trade, um, yeah by trade yeah and um how, how did you find that uh yeah it was like super super valuable experience uh if i was being totally transparent i never thought i was actually going to end up working as a podiatrist i did the degree to eventually go back and study medicine after because i didn't obviously get the grades in high school so i was going to go in as a graduate student and then my mentor at that point now business partner regan uh when i went to finish my degree twisted my arm in a physio session to come out and work with him for a year and then in that first year I kind of saw that there was um, those problems with accessibility in the healthcare space and like I was working in the musculoskeletal podiatry space which was um, something that wasn't like it wasn't the main area with where most people in podiatry went to as a career direction and wanted to create a few more opportunities for employees in that space as well as the business I was working in was super super cool so ended up staying on and buying into the Physio Connect business. A real switch for your school experience and then suddenly becoming really motivated. Mm. Just just describe are you like are you super competitive what's what's your kind of nature um, yeah, I definitely love winning. Um, I think most people that go into business for themselves are probably very competitive at heart. I think you have to be, man. Like, if you think about the the environment in which we operate, like it's like, for lack of a better term, it's a dog eat dog world out here. And like, like businesses, like you have to be competitive. You have to put your customer first. You have to understand. Uh, like you have to be committed to what you're trying to achieve and actually be passionate about it because if you're not like passionate about it and you're not competitive then it's going to be very very hard to to win uh, when there's so many other people that are trying to prevent you or not trying to prevent you from winning but playing their own game which like is in direct competition or has elements of competition with what you're trying to achieve so you don't like you don't mind being the underdog oh definitely not i i probably like like it I um I definitely get motivated when like people challenge a concept or say it's not possible. Like it's just a um it's probably not a good thing to be fair, but it's an opportunity to to show that that you were right and they were wrong. And um 
again, that you're committed to that end outcome and you're willing to do anything. You know, it reminds me, this this kind of conversation line reminds me of this story Will Smith talks about where he like says like two people jump, oh, my, he jumps on a treadmill and someone else jumps on a treadmill, like he will be the last one to get off that treadmill. It's like do or die. And I think like having that approach in, uh, in the business world is, is super positive to like achieving that long-term successful outcome or whatever the vision may be. And from the captain of the first 15 rugby team and, and definitely not like, you know, Birkenhead's not got a reputation for being um, up with the big boys in terms of rugby. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you drive drive that team on and uh, take on the big boys? Was it? Well, well, I was super gutted in my last year. We didn't get to play against, um, like in our, in our last year of first 15, just looking back, like we played in the, the plate. So we weren't in the A grade. Um, but we actually took out the B grade final playing against Oriwa in my final year. And then the team went on to play in the A grade the following year after. Um, I was, I think even the boys looking back then, like they would have been super keen to put up a, like, uh, a bit of competition or to play in that A round just to try and see where we stood against those guys. Because in that final year, um, we had been building a team over a course of years and when we got into that final year we had like a really really positive team environment great team culture everyone was there to win and there to play so i think it would have been would have been a fun experience now i'm like still looking back now it's like a bit guttering that we didn't get to to play some of those more competitive teams when we had that 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 team playing in that year group and from you know being well it's still super competitive mm. um what it, what have you learned along your working journey that's, um, you know, when it comes to dealing with staff and employees and taking people with you um, and sometimes being ultra competitive can, can be a bit like oil and, and water or what have you learned along the way? I think, um, I think I learned pretty quickly that if you try and do things alone, you're definitely not going to get very far. Uh, so, because like, I like I genuinely don't know everything like I'm like not an expert like everything I've got my little space that I like to operate in around finances and leadership and like running companies but like I'm not like I'm not a um, not a developer I'm not a designer I'm not a physio so having people around you that are experts in their own space and um, giving them the opportunities to or the the room the wiggle room to make their own decisions and flourish and like that's what leads to the ongoing success of a business right like it's not one person at the front trying to like trying to do something on their own it's it's bringing together this team that have an aligned mission working around the same culture the same values um, making sure that they actually are aligned to the mission like getting the right people on and um, people that you gel with and connect with and that just like enjoy working and like that's that's in my opinion the the secret there like i think like being competitive because I'm not trying to like beat my team. Like I'm like our team is trying to be competitive in this infinite game that we're playing of making healthcare accessible. There's no end point. There's no um, like there's no stop day for us. It's just every day coming to work, working as a team and being competitive as a group, as a collective to like to achieve day in, day out towards our end goal. And what are your personal um like what's been the, the worst day in the office and, and, you know, maybe what's been the best day that could be across different businesses you've been in. The worst day in the office and the best day. 
yeah what's has there been a real low moment that you've you you don't look back on and go but i keep i keep going um i'll try and be as diplomatic as possible in the story um we've definitely had challenging times and um and and both businesses to be fair uh like i think if i look specifically at the physio connect journey some of the challenging moments has been um pushback on our brand's positioning as being free under ACC by um, individuals that you would expect to see the value of what we're trying to achieve. We were like genuinely trying to make healthcare accessible and having providers that are also in healthcare who should also have a shared, um, like everyone in healthcare should, should want healthcare to be accessible. Like that's like, that's probably a blanket statement you can make. Like it wouldn't be reasonable for a healthcare provider to want there to be more barriers. And we've definitely had across that, that PhysioConnect mission, people attempt to try and prevent us from act, like advertising free under ACC. And we've had, to, we've had to battle those naysayers to ensure that we can continue to market to our end user in a way that they understand that allows them to access the treatment they need uh, when they need it. Uh, with the Health Now mission, um, like that's definitely been challenging in its own way. Uh, it's taken a lot of time, a lot of research. There's been a lot of people that have said no along the, uh, along the journey or challenged what we're trying to do saying, you know, there's too much competitive, um, there's too much competition in the space. Um, what else has been challenging? We've, we've, had, um, we've had funders or like banking partners say to us that they couldn't work with us because of the space that we're going into and the legislative requirements. Uh, and just thankfully, you know, we've, we've partnered with a bank now that's been super, super supportive. And um, to answer the next part of the question of what's been the most rewarding days, like it's those days where you've been working away at something for like genuinely months and months and months, like a banking relationship, you work away for like for three plus months, making sure that you've met all your compliance, your, your PCI DSS compliance, your reporting requirements as a registered financial entity, and then or, or like compliance requirements to get uh, the ability to transact with a specific bank. And then you get that email that comes through or um, the letter from your investors saying like, yes, we will fund you and we're willing to give you this much money for this much percent and we'll give you a space and an office and the ability to employ staff. Like it's like, those are the moments that you get to cherish. And um, like, I probably don't spend enough time in those moments to be fair when I have those, uh, those high points, I kind of like just go sweet as we've got that, put it in the bag, like let's move on to the next mission, like let's, or the next, like the next thing that needs to be done. Um, but yeah, so yeah, high, low points, like challenges, uh, just when people try and put barriers in front of your speed, speed bumps is probably a better term. And the high points are when you like have relentlessly chipped away at something and then finally you get that moment where it comes to fruition. What's your kind of, um daily, weekly discipline look like? What, what do you do to kind of make all, you know, work across two businesses, um, exercise involved? Um, mm. What's your day, what's a daily? What's it look day? like? Yeah. Uh, what day of the week do you want? <laughs> <laughs> um, so every day my first alarm goes off at 4.40 and then I try and get out of bed on my first alarm and then I have a secondary alarm for five just to make sure that I'm, I'm up and ready. Uh, I normally start my day um, commercially at about 6am 
I always start with a cup of coffee, get through my notes, look at my emails, make sure everything's been done. And then go through my day, it'll be a series of meetings. I normally start my day with my, like I like to structure my day with my most complex tasks in the morning, whether that be forecasting, modeling, or anything that requires a lot of thought, I try and get it out of the way nice and early. And then do more of the social stuff, meetings, um, building relationships in the afternoon. Uh, my commercial day goes through to a minimum of 6 p.m., depending on what's on. Uh, at the moment, it's going a bit longer just because of uh, like some of the meetings that are falling outside of my normative work hours. And then I'll go and train from about 6.30 through till 7.38, and then get home and have dinner, go to bed, spend time with my partner, uh, and then start the day again. And from a week function, I work Monday to Friday, try and have Saturday off, and then I'll work Sunday. And Sunday is preparing for the week ahead and just getting your plan for the week? It's a bit of re like reconciliation, looking at the week that's gone, um, making sure that everything's been, like all the I's are dotted and T's across, make sure that we're like meeting our legislative requirements across our PhysioConnect business. And then, um, then with Health Now, as you say, do some planning, make sure that we're like, we've got the, the direction because like with a tech business, you've got these sprint cycles and this backlog. And I just try and like make sure that I'm over all of the content that needs to be done in the week and like make a list of priority, like priorities to get through, like the must do's, should do's, um, like what's urgent and important versus what's like important, but it doesn't need to be done like instantly. And how do you treat yourself? Like you bought yourself a nice car, you do you eat the oh, donuts, what's the... <laughs> what what's, um, what is what does success look like for me what does success look like uh like genuinely it's not about money so much for me it's about the the measurement of impact that i have in the community so like like i get a real massive kick i get i get a massive kick out of a few different things one is like seeing my team succeed and when they get google reviews or when i get feedback from an end user or a customer saying like you know that I just had the best customer experience. That gives me a mad kick just seeing other people in the in my um, organizations like do well. Uh, I get like a really massive kick when like those moments before that I mentioned when you get something across the line that like feels like a bit of a treat to me because you've been working away at something for a really long period. Um, like I enjoy, I, and they're very infrequent, but like I get a few, um, maybe a couple of days or. Uh, I used to take Christmas off and myself and my partner would go overseas over that Christmas break for 10 to 14 days. But obviously, uh, we won't be doing that this year based on COVID. But like I enjoy having those moments where I get to spend a bit of time in my personal life. Um, and like I definitely like cars and like I've been able to, to get a car that I've um, wanted for a little while. But it's not like success isn't about the things. It's about like what you're trying to achieve and being able to look back and like we don't get a lot of time on this earth and I just want to be able to look back and know that like everything that I wanted to do or thought I was capable of, I've given the, the best possible whack at and um, yeah, just be comfortable in, in like what I've set out to achieve and, and knowing that I've done absolutely everything in my power that I could have done to like achieve those things. That's what success looks like to me. And personal health, like you're, you spend a lot of time at the gym or doing exercise. Um, is, is personal health always been a, something to cherish for you? You work hard at it, don't eat too much, drink too much? I definitely don't have enough time to get into any drinking in the weekend, so I don't have to worry too much about that. Um, 
Personal health is definitely important to me. The gym, the time I spend at the gym is more like my debrief and thinking time because you know you spend a lot of time in your corporate life thinking about so many different things that sometimes you can get quite flustered and I just need to be able to like like have that time where I separate my commercial or my corporate life from my home life and like having an hour, an hour and a half, like where I'm just, you know, like working the weights or um, like putting my body rather than my brain through a bit of a, a physical challenge um, just allows me to, I guess, stay level. Uh, and I also think like, you know, I expect that I expect really, really high output uh, out of myself. And I know that if I didn't look after um, you know, it's the only body and the only brain that I'm going to get. So if I don't look after it, then it's going to be very, very challenging for me to have the longevity required to be able to go and achieve the things I'm wanting to achieve. I definitely try not to sweat the small stuff. And uh, like if someone um, poses a challenge or puts a speed bump in front of me, like I kind of use it more as fuel to like, you know, put in the belt and and I guess like switch into the next gear and just be like, you know what, like everyone's got their own reasons for thinking certain things. And like, I'm just going to go out and, and prove that they weren't right. So proving that it, it was like, it was able to be done or um, like, I don't think it's, there's no value in, in worrying about things that are outside of your control. Every day my first alarm goes off at 4.40. And then I try and get out of bed on my first alarm. And then I have a secondary alarm for five just to make sure that I'm, I'm up and ready. Uh, I normally start my day um, commercially at about 6 a.m. I uh, always start with a cup of coffee, get through my notes, look at my emails, make sure everything's been done. And then go through my day, it'll be a series of meetings. I normally start my day with my I, I like to structure my day with my most complex tasks in the morning, whether that be forecasting, modeling, or anything that requires a lot of thought, I try and get it out of the way nice and early, and then do more of the social stuff, meetings, um, building relationships in the afternoon. Uh, my commercial day goes through to a minimum of 6 p.m., depending on what's on. Uh, at the moment, it's going a bit longer just because of uh, like some of the meetings that are falling outside of my normative work hours. And then I'll go and train from about 6.30 through till 7.38, and then get home and have dinner, go to bed, spend time with my partner, uh, and then start the day again. And from a week function, I work Monday to Friday, try and have Saturday off, and then I'll work Sunday. I definitely hope that Health Now has got to the level where we're providing the ability for many, many people to access treatment on an international scale. Uh, and in five years, I'd like to think that our business, if everything goes right and goes the direction that we hope it all goes, uh, that we've got a team and we provide employment opportunity to a large number of um, people, something that's exciting, fun, meaningful, something they can be passionate about. Uh, and then merchants, I wanna make sure, like I, I hope that we're providing merchants the ability to uh, see more clients have an easier uh, payment facilitating relationship with those clients and like again like it's for me in five years like it'd be cool to be New Zealand Australia America um, and really really doing something meaningful in the world uh, wonderful well thanks for joining me on purpose there really appreciate it good luck for the future 
Yeah, thanks heaps, Mark. It's been awesome to chat. Thanks for listening to Purposely Podcast. I hope you like what you're hearing. Please subscribe and leave a review. Thank you.